You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. The 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. Welcome back to another episode of the Western Rookie Podcast brought to you by Go Hunt. I'm really excited because I got, a, I would say, a good buddy on the call, Dustin Whitworth. We did a podcast on the two bucks because you've got a ton of irons in the fire. Um, I think there's, it seems like there's, a, it's funny that some people have like one side gig. And then there's guys like you and I that it's like, boom, 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 new idea, new idea, new idea. And, and yours are a lot in, I would say, a lot better aligned than mine are. A lot of the things you're doing are in like one vertical. And, um, but I thought we could talk about some of those because they really apply to Western hunting. I mean, you live out West, avid Western hunter yourself, but then some of your businesses, I feel like we're really practical to, especially somebody getting into Western hunting. And maybe we could talk more about like how, you know, when it comes to the nutrition side of what you're doing, like what questions should people be asking themselves and planning for when they're doing some of these first backpack, backcountry hiking trips, where you can't just go to the truck and make a sandwich, right? And so I thought you'd be a great person to come on and kind of talk through that great off-season topic, and and then we'll probably find a couple rabbit holes along the way that we'll dive into. Always. <clears throat> yeah, man. I mean, you know, you mentioned kind of the vertical thing, and one of, the, one of my favorite reasons to do little, whether it's side hustle or you're actually, you know, I have a nine-to-five that I just got home, like, is if it's something that I would prefer to be doing or am doing anyway. So, you know, whether it's the pack llamas or, you know, I mean, the backpack food, obviously, um, you know, the, the hunting and the articles and the podcasting and everything, it just rolls into like, you know, man, I was already having these type of conversations with, with friends like you anyway about, you know, hey, man, like, what are you thinking about Colorado this year? Oh, what's the deer herd like in Wyoming? You know, and like, what what are you doing on your gun? And I'm like, man, if for no other reason, I'm just going to hit record on a podcast because I'm already having these kind of conversations anyway. So this is, turns yeah. out, this is like what I'd want to be doing tonight, no matter what. Right, Brian? Like, this, yeah. we just love this stuff. Talking different things. I was, it's funny. So earlier today, um, a new friend of mine called James hit me up. We had a conversation because he listened to your and I two bucks episode. And he's like, man, I just love that episode. I found it. I was searching stuff like how to start a podcast. And I was listening to both of you guys go back and forth. And it was like refreshing because it was the first time I've ever heard like two people talk about how open they were to helping other people get started. And so I thought I'd just reach out. I want to start a podcast. I have no idea what to do. So I was talking to him. And then while we were kind of in the green room, a buddy of mine was like DMing me like, Hey, what do you like? Are you concerned at all about add this guest on from land trust? Who's finding new solutions, like capitalistic solutions to get access on private land. And we're going back and forth and he's a good buddy of mine. So it's like, not like we're fighting, but just like talking about some of the more detailed points. Like, do you see this as like a little bit of a risk, like turning hunting on private land into like a rich man's game. Cause they're like directly competing with all these BH or BMA and, um, all these different programs that open up private land that are out there today. 
And so, yeah, just like you said, like we're just talking about stuff. Um, I think a lot of people, like there's a lot of conversations, especially in the truck on the way to elk camp that I wish we had podcast studio set up because like four guys in a truck excited for elk hunting. Some of the conversations have been wild and it's almost like you can't start a podcast because it would change unless everyone's like, like avid podcasters, like you and I could probably just turn it on and just start talking. But whenever you add like new people, they're like, they, they all of a sudden they're like, get all squared up, right? And they, they start, like, thinking about what they're going to say more than your buddy that's just rolling with it. And yeah. so I would love yeah, to do it's, that. It's, it's easy for guys to get a little too PC, you know, when the when you hit record, right? And honestly, that's the difference between a good episode and just an episode, right, is the ones where guys can, you know, not, not necessarily, like, you know, talk about all the illegal things they've done or whatever, but just, just cut <laughs> – you know, just cut it loose, man. Like just have yeah. a conversation. When I, in fact, when I first started my podcast, I was terrified. Right. And, um, I was terrified of not knowing what to say or like getting caught or, you know, whatever. And, and ironically, um, you know, all you do when you're in that mode is you, you're, you're not even almost listening to the, you're not having a real conversation. You're more of an interviewer, or at least I was, I was an interviewer instead of just a person having a conversation. And so I would, one of my biggest regrets actually is I, I talked somehow in like my first, I don't know, 15 or 20 episodes or something. I talked Jim Shockey into coming on <laughs> and yeah, you want to talk about, you know, being terrified. Somebody um, knows that. Yeah. I, yeah, I had all these questions written out and I, I had this script, right? And I, if you go back and listen to it, it's almost embarrassing because there are so many things that he mentions or talks about or throws in that if I had just been having a conversation like he was one of my hunting buddies, I would have went, well, what do you mean by that? Or, you know, can you explain how you're doing that exactly? You know, instead, I just went to the next question or whatever. And uh, anyway, I've just, I've learned since, like you're saying, you just, you know, you just hit record. Don't worry too much. Like just have a conversation with someone. And, you know, if it ends in 38 minutes, great. If it goes two hours, you know, cool. That's how it was meant to be. Yeah. I don't prepare any questions ever. Um, sometimes I'll go as far as telling someone what genre I want to talk about. So like lately I've been trying to get coyote, some coyote hunting stuff. Cause it's been interesting to me especially traveling for it. And so sometimes I'll tell like a guest like, Hey, I'm really excited to talk about coyote hunting. Cause like a lot of times people do a bunch of things and I just want to let them know like, Hey, I, I just want to focus on the coyote stuff, even though you shoot monster yeah. elk, you know? Yeah. Um, but I had Aaron Snyder on a podcast just recently and I reached out to him and he'd hit me back like in two minutes and he's like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You good right now? Like, should we just get yeah. on right now? And I'm like, uh, sure. I didn't prepare a single question. And that was the first time I was a little bit actually second time, but it was when I was a little bit nervous of like, am I prepared enough to have, like, I don't want to be such an idiot that asks him the same list of questions that every other podcasters <laughs> ever asked him. Yeah. Or like, I actually talk about that on the last 200 of my Kafaro cast episodes. So clearly you don't listen to me. <laughs> you don't listen. Yeah. And same <laughs> other one was John Barklow, who they train together. Like they do seminars together. They're both like experts at what they do. And I was like, well, we're just going to go with it. And I'm not going to try to pretend I'm one of them. I'm just going to be me and yeah. see what happens. And both people were absolutely wonderful. I was a little shocked because 
Aaron was probably one of the least PC people I've ever had on the podcast, and he probably has the most to lose by not being <laughs> politically correct. Like, if I say something wrong, in all reality, no one's probably going to know. Yeah, guys like us, it don't matter. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, really, he's very authentic. Like, that's just the only way to put it. Like, he's authentic. He says what he wants to say. He doesn't care if it offends you or, if you, like, yeah. I'm me. I've, I've gone through the ringer enough times that I'm not going to fight myself anymore. <laughs> Well, and you you were smart to grab him when you had the chance because he's, um, <laughs> you know, we're 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 pretty good friends, and just he he'll go, you know, hit the the scent can go cold as soon as he sends a text. Like uh, he sent me texts and some, you know, whatever it is, you know, yo, hit you got a minute, and I literally like four seconds later I'm hitting send, and he doesn't answer, right? And then but then it's like. Anyway, you gotta when he's available, you gotta you gotta jump on it. So that was good. Yeah, I mean, it was like a Friday night. I mean, him and his wife were just yeah. getting done with dinner. I'm like, awesome. Like, yeah, super cool guest to have. I was super excited to just get him on. But, yeah. but yeah, no, I don't ever have I don't ever have uh, an agenda really. I mean, never have a prepared cool list of questions. The first tech episode. The reason why I don't. The very first podcast I was gonna do, I was gonna do it with the buddy. I had a list of questions. He was a podcaster. I wrote him out, um, pushed play, never looked at the list again. Had a great episode. I'm like, well, that was stupid. And so I never, <laughs> never, never, never did it again. And it's like, why would I waste my time writing out questions that I'm never going to ask? Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I just roll with it. It seems like it's better conversation. Like you said that way too. Like you catch the little things um, when you're not, like I've been on other people's podcasts before where they were like, you know, very scripted questions like, what pack do you use? Well, and then I'm like, okay. And then they're like, well, what gun do you use? And I'm like, is that really what you want to know? Or like, it doesn't matter. I don't know. That's my opinion. Every every good caliber and gun on the market can kill an elk. I mean, I don't know if you know that. You go from anything from a 270 to a 338, you're going to be able to kill an elk. Yeah, shot <laughs> placement. Uh, you know, re- and real quick, like, you know, I've because I've had that same conversation with buddies trying to get into, you know, if we're talking podcasts or whatever. And, and my advice is, um, you know, it, whether you, whether you script a podcast or not, it kind of depends on where you're at. Right. And in other words, you know, let's say that you're from the Midwest and you've never hunted in the, you know, out, out West here and you've never climbed a mountain. You've never, it, it's completely fine. And in fact, people will latch on to that perspective if, you know, A, you admit it up front. You just say, hey, welcome to episode number one of the I Don't Know How to Hunt Elk podcast, right? Yeah. And we're going to go through, I'm going to have a guest every single time, you know, at least for the foreseeable future, because I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's going to be awesome. You guys are going to follow along with my journey as I learn. I've got my first hunt going this year, but I have no right. clue. I'm going to get every, and you just roll through it. I would expect that to be a bunch of cue and a lot of, you know, just a lot of answering and sitting and listening and really just keep your mouth shut and be more of an interviewer, you know, taking notes almost. And that's your podcast. Right. Um, yeah. As opposed to like, you know, got, that's how it would be for me. If I, if I sat down with you and was like, dude, let's talk whitetail hunting. <laughs> I would have literally zero to say in it other than the questions like, okay, wait, how many cameras are you running? Okay. And why do you put them that way? Like I would have no clue. Right. And I would expect myself to just, so it, it, it just depends on where you're coming from. That that's the world we live in now is as long as you're 
authentic up front about where you're at. You don't try to be, you know, that's how the world's always been, I guess, but you don't try to be something you're not like it'll, it'll roll, man. People, you know, if you're good at it and good interviewer, people will love it. Yeah. Podcasting and like, just like some friendships that I have. Um, I got this one friend that he, he grew up so different than I, like my, I grew up, I lived on a lake. My family was a strong hunting and fishing family, very traditional. Um, my dad was a business owner. Sometimes when I'm planning my applications or my point strategy, I want to see what the latest overview for a state and a species is and where I stand with the number of points I have. The easiest way to get the overview of a state and a species current status is with the application strategy articles in the Go Hunt Insider Service. The team at Go Hunt puts together the application strategy articles each year for application season, and it has the latest update for that animal, the conditions in the unit, such as drought or snowfall levels, changes to the state, and details about what you can expect with the different ranges of points you might have. I use these articles for both my current season applications and when I'm looking at those options for a 10 to 15-year draw tag in a special unit. The application strategy articles are a great place to start when you are planning your fall and deciding which states and animals to apply for. Head over to GoHunt.com and check out the application strategy articles and all the tools you get with your Insider membership, and you'll see why I love GoHunt Insider so much. It's the best collection of information on Western hunting available, and it's all in one place. And when you sign up using the code WESTERN, you'll get $50 of free credit in the gear shop. Not only is Go Hunt giving you all the information you need to plan a successful hunt, but they are also giving you $50 towards a new piece of gear for that hunt. So head over to GoHunt.com, get signed up, and you'll be kicking yourself you didn't have the insider service sooner. Um, entrepreneur, he taught industrial arts, he had a semi-trucking business, he owned gas stations, he owned you know rental companies, and he was very... Like do it. I I said this wrong once. I said handsy. What I meant to say was like handy, <laughs> right? But my guy, he's pretty handsy. And someone's like, "What do you mean?" But he's very handy. And um and so we fixed everything myself. So I learned how to do everything from him. Like from sandblasting the fascias on gas stations to fixing pumps and you know anything inside. I mean, literally how to build houses and and so between all that, like this friend, like I'll do something. And he's like, why'd you do that? And I'm like, well, it's a, the, you know, the shear bolt broke. Like you just got to, it's just a bolt. You should put it back. He's like, oh, I thought we had to like take it in and get it fixed. Or like, well, I'll do something hunting. He's like, wait, why does it have to be this direction? And it's like, well, if you put a camera, if you face a camera, um, any direction, but North, you're going to get sun, like, especially East and West, you'll get sun, sh you'll, the sun will set and you'll just get like 40 pictures in a row of the sunset. And it just mm. blurs out your camera. I actually think it wrecks your sensor eventually too. And mm. if you go South and you point it too high, you'll get them still. So like, I always try to point, point my cameras North and he's just like, yeah. and so it's like, it's really evident. Like I actually know a bunch of stuff. And then you go talk to someone like Aaron or John and you're like, Oh, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so. here, here we are. I, I, I sucked you into the po talking technical podcasting stuff. And we were, I, I guess that's. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're, I knew we're like, we've had podcasts before. I knew that we both kind of banter and go. And, and so I don't try to put too many reins on it. I did want to talk eventually about food and nutrition. I've, I'm not a foodie. I'm not. 
I liked, I enjoy cooking. I, but I never like follow the rules. And so like, we'll be doing a recipe and it's like, oh, we don't have that. And we're halfway through the recipe. It's like, well, we're just going to do it without, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not a chef. Did you grow up poor? Um, not poor, but definitely like home style country cooking. Cause my, my wife's that way a little bit, right? Like, and, and it's, it's why I love her, right? She's, um, you know, she, she grew up very just, they were just humbly poor, right? Just didn't, yeah. didn't make a lot of money. Happiest family I've ever been, been a part of. Right. Um, but she's that way. Like she will just be rolling through, you know, cooking something. And it's like, Oh, we'll just use this instead. And I'm like, no, no, that's not, that's not how it works. Right. Like, so I, I'm not a foodie either, but I, you know, I have, I have a little decency, right? <laughs> yeah, no, we were, I think there's good years and bad years looking back now. Um, but yeah, like we never went hungry. I can't say that we were poor because there's no, people out there that are hungry, but yeah, no, we, so I was like me and my wife cooking this recipe the other night and it's a new fish recipe. We're making like basically like a, uh, grilled tuna fish sandwich but it was with crappie and then like sourdough and like golden you know whatever and like we're we're like no that's not right and this isn't right and it says this and she's like i don't know it doesn't really matter i'm like yeah but we say this every freaking time and we never follow the recipe like we always want to try new stuff yet we never end up following the recipe so we don't even know if it was a good recipe it's like for (laughs) once let's just follow it the way it's supposed to be so we know whether we like it or not yeah yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And I, I didn't connect the dot there very well, but like, you know, because of that, my wife, they just had to do that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. They just had to say, Hey, like, you know, and, and you and learn it, things like doing that yeah. way. Like you learn and like, it, Oh, if something's too thick, you can do this to thin it out. Or if it's right. too thin, you could do this. Or if, like, if you don't have flour, you could substitute maybe cornstarch. Yeah. Is that the one? I don't know. There's like, there's things know. you can like, Oh, we don't have any flour to, you know, bread these fish. Well, you can use crackers or cornstarch or this yeah. or that or and you need to just figure it yeah, out they're, that's a good way to put it they were very resourceful yeah. like and and they lived you know two hours from any major city too so that compounded like it was just like hey we're just we'll just go with what we have and we'll make it work can you believe that like a majority of americans like don't have a freezer like you talking people that live in the city or whatever right like so like la has i think like 20 to 30 million people somewhere in there I would like most of those people don't have like chest freezers or like standalone freezers. Like I don't even, when I say the freezer, I'm not talking about the thing that's at the bottom of the fridge. Oh, I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a deep freezer, like a deep freeze. Yeah. And like people in New York city, like I think that like a fridge, like a small fridge and they just like go find food every night or like get food on the way home. Like it boggles my mind that people live that way. Eating out or whatever. Yeah. Or eating out. Yeah. For sure. Door dashing. But it's like, Mm -hmm. Like when we st- like when we're down to like our last fifty or hundred pounds and hunting season is still like three months away, like I start to get a little worried. <laughs> like we we need some more food. Like let's start stockpiling, and that just blows my mind that people don't live that way. But that's a separate topic. Yeah. This last year, we finally said, you know, our elk groups like we are. We've been talking about this every single year. We're f- we are going to spike out this year because we we've been base campers like big base camp day hunting come back to base camp every night never slept out elk hunting i'm not opposed to it i was never opposed to it i was probably one of the biggest antagonists though because i'm always thinking like i don't want to go through all the work bring out all the gear unless it's like providing value 
Like, if I just want to sleep in a tent that bad, I'll sleep in a tent in the summer. Like, I'm here to kill elk. Like, I would, like, there's a, there's a lot to say for better food, better sleep, more comfortable camp for killing elk if you don't need to be back there. But this year, we're like, oh, let's do it. So we did it. It wasn't that bad, actually. Ironically, like, you probably know this, like, it's not that bad. I could literally see my pickup from where we slept on the mountain. <laughs> and so <laughs> we were up three miles. I could just happen to see my pickup. Uh, but by doing that and knowing we were going to do it, we only did it one night. I thought we were going to do it more, actually. I thought we were going to go in a little deeper. Um, the, you know, you get to you elk camp, camp. Camp on your back? Yep, we did. We basically backpack hunted for two days and one night. Okay. Um, okay. I thought we were going to do more of like a go in and spike camp, which is a little different. For anyone that's listening, base camp, pull off by the side of the road, set up a big tent, your truck's right there or your camper's right there, and you go hunt every day and you come home just like you're hunting around at your home. Spike yeah. camp is when you go into a predetermined or a spot that you find and you set up a camp and then you hunt out of that camp every day, kind of like the base camp. Like you're not technically moving it. Um, you're just farther off the road, hunting back farther. Backpack hunting is where you hunt all day, set up your camp, sleep, tear down your camp and then hunt all day and set up your camp in a new spot. Like that's what I mean when I use these terms and you, there's all kinds of versions and very forms of it. Like any, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm just saying like, when I say the words, that's what I mean. Okay. But yeah, we did the backpack for a day. Um, and, but I thought we were going to do up to like five. So I'm like really getting into my food this year. And I'm like, I'm already not in the best shape of our group. Like we got some, we have some Rocky mountain goats in our group that can just run up straight uphill. And I'm not one of them. I'm more of the like slow meandering bison that'll never stop, but it'll take a while Mm -hmm. to get there. And so I'm looking at like super lean, super lean pack, like trying to get down in that weight. And I'm looking at like what options out there have the highest calories per ounce, making sure I've got a good amount of fats and proteins, Um, some carbs, but, Carbs were a little bit trickier for me, so I think most of my carbs actually came from, like, trail mix and freeze-dried foods. Because there's, like, oh, and um, peanut butter Ritz cracker sandwiches things, those little, I don't know what mm-hmm. they're called. Yeah, um, Ritz cheese and crackers. Cheese and crackers, or more of the peanut butter and cracker, because they had a little bit higher calorie per ounce. But I was just, like, very curious. And then we had, you, we had a podcast a couple months ago, and you have, like, a meal prepping service like you it's not just like oh i sell candy bars like i sell what everything you would need for a day yeah yeah it's built for guys who or girls who are um you know it's not for everybody right and to be honest you know 15 years ago when i 20 years ago when i started into this definitely wasn't a service i would use because you know frankly i i charge you know a little bit a little bit inflated i mean it's it's pretty dang close to what you would go get at retail but um you know just when you're when you're broke college kid getting out of you know whatever you just got married or first kid or whatever circumstances might be different but you know for guys who maybe have more money than they have time or or not quite sure what to bring right this is a really this is a really good um service as far as the template will not let you get off track very badly right if you follow the the general layout um so yeah you know people who don't have the time don't have the knowledge expertise just flat out you know don't want to deal with it or whatever yeah Um, 
so yeah, it's a it's a service where you know not to plug it already or whatever, but it's it's just a service where you can go on, um, you know, kind of have the idea to make an all in one, um, you know, not just sell you backpack food, but actually break it down into a full day kit, right? Where you're gonna go on, you're gonna put your breakfast, lunch, dinner up to like four snacks, um, drink mixes, right? Whether it's a coffee or an energy or, or recovery or all three of them. Yeah. Um, th- things like that. And the, the beauty of it, um, you know, is, is like I said, a, we don't, you know, we don't carry a lot of stuff that's going to get you into trouble. If you're, you know, even the really bad stuff, you know, not, and I say bad, like, you know, stuff that's not, um, you know, super high. I mean, the, you know, I'm thinking like Snickers and I've got cosmic brownies just almost as a joke. Right. And surprisingly, those are a, those are still good. And B, a lot of people use them, um, you know, in the right circumstance, those are good backpack foods. So right. anyway, as you, as you go through the stuff, like, you know, every, almost everything we have is on there for a reason um, because it checks, you know, a lot of the boxes that you need to look for, whether you know it or not. Right. And you, you touched on some of them, you know, where are the macros? Um, you know, that, that would be the only thing that maybe we, we chat about is like, you know, why a certain Mac, you know, why, why something that's, you know, heavy in carbs and when, right. Or something that's high in protein and what that's doing to your body and all that kind of stuff. But you know, that the, you follow the template and like, at least, at least if you put three meals and four snacks, your calories are going to be high right? You're, yeah. you're not going to, I don't think you could build, you know, 1600 calories or something that would be put you in a deficiency. So right. um, that's at least a good starting point. And then, you know, again, we could, we could break down, you know, the kind of the more whys and what's um, more specifically or whatever. Right. Yeah. Because like when we day hunted, I'll just go with my, um, my past experience. So This episode is brought to you by Steelhead Outdoors. Now, everyone knows that Steelhead Outdoors safes are the only American-made, fire-insulated, modular safes on the market. But you might not know that Steelhead Outdoors also carries a full line of handgun lockers, pistol boxes, and even custom vault doors. So whether you're looking for a locker to store your concealed carry when you walk in the front door, or a pistol box to mount underneath your nightstand, or even if you're looking to secure an entire doorway in your home and create a safe room, Steelhead Outdoors has a solution for you. You can tell the guys over at Steelhead are gun owners because they have the gun owner in mind when they design their products. Their handgun lockers are just the right size to store modern-day handguns with lasers, optics, double-stack magazines, and even a backup gun, while their pistol boxes are the perfect size to mount underneath your bed, your nightstand, or even in your vehicle. And when it comes to a custom vault door, they have designed a panic lock and emergency release so you can easily lock and unlock your vault door completely from the inside, meaning you are always safe but never trapped inside. Go to steelheadoutdoors.com to check out all of their security options and pick the right one for you. You know, typically we do group groceries. Everyone brings a meal to share, um, but basically lunches and breakfasts are basically group grocery runs that my brother typically runs. He he's very logistically organized and can handle all that stuff. And people help, like I'll help him if I'm in town or someone. It's not just him alone. It's usually two grocery carts for eight people, um, like heaping. And so, 
but you know, so he, this is where we differ. He does not like cheese. I love cheese. So he like, will buy like one thing of cheese for eight guys for a week of sandwich making. <laughs> <laughs> so like now all of us are bringing our own cheese. <laughs> I'm a big breakfast guy. I like like bacon, eggs, potatoes. Like I will wake up earlier to cook that stuff. He is like straight efficiency. Like there's nothing faster than instant oats or cereal. And I just don't thrive on those items. Like, it's just too light for me. I burn through it too fast. Because I make bacon and eggs every day for breakfast. Like, I just that's who I am. But we do that. So that'll be our breakfast. Sometimes we'll have eggs. Sometimes we won't. Kind of depends on if we're getting an early start or not. Maybe we'll have, someone might bring breakfast burritos, like, pre-wrapped. Lunches were always typically sandwiches um, because we're archery hunting. And we've found out the hard way that you – and this was back in the day, like you can't eat mountain house every day. You just can't. (laughs) There's way too much sodium and people are like, Oh, they taste delicious. It's like, they taste fine. That's not the problem on day four. Your guts are going to start to rumble. And on day six, you're going to spend more time underneath the pine tree than you like. Like it's, (laughs) you're going to bring the entire thing of wet wipes. Like it just doesn't go well for most of us. And it's hot. Like, no, we didn't really like putting hot food into our bellies when it's already hot out. Um, and so we do sandwiches and then at dinner we'd come back to camp and then we'd cook something bigger. So we were probably eating like a thousand calories up until dinner and then probably like 1500 to 2000, depending on what it was at dinner, which probably isn't the best way to do it. And so that's fine. Like we, we throw, it's just day hunting. You're elk hunting. Like none of us are athletes. Like we all feel banged up and sore and exhausted by the end of the week, no matter what we do. So we probably don't notice it as much, but this year I was really trying to hit that next level of nutrition, figuring stuff out. And so what I've found is like, I cannot eat enough. Like just, I think it's physically or whatever mental block. Like I don't get hungry when I'm elk hunting hardly at all. Like I have to force myself to eat all the time. Like every time we stop, I'm like, I should eat something. And I just dig in my pack for something that looks appetizing but I rarely get hungry. And then I'll notice like if I'm not forcing myself to eat, like I won't eat enough. And then I start cramping and I get dehydrated and problems. Oh, problems. And so like, I'm like, eat as much as you possibly can. Like you cannot eat too much out here. Like I've lost weight, a lot of weight on every elk hunt I've ever gone on. And I don't know if that's just me and my body type and my personality, but I like everyone in our group stops eating, especially the hotter it gets, the less we eat, which is almost counterintuitive because like, well, maybe not quite counterintuitive. When it's cold, I know you burn a lot of calories just to stay warm. But when you're hot, you're, like, sweating all day, like, and we move more. So, I don't know. It's it's I've, I've come to learn that, like, eat, try to eat as much as you can because you'll never eat too much on an elk hunt. <laughs> yeah, it's, listen, you're, you're – I doubt that if you're elk hunting properly, <laughs> um, especially in September when it can be a run and gun a lot of times situation and – Right. You know, a one mile little jaunt quickly can turn into a five mile from the truck kind of deal and up and down three canyons and stuff. If you're actually into elk, um, I really doubt, like you said, there's no way you're going to ingest enough calories to then what you what you burn. Right. So there's that. That's why I like these little meal kits that come with right. a whole day worth of food. Right. Because a you know, you, you can see, I li- literally label, you see it when you order it. And I literally label on the outside, how many calories are in there and the items and, and then B it get, you know, just breaking them up into a day's worth of food. It, it, 
it kind of gives you the end goal, like, hey, I need to get this whole thing down by today, right? Like, I, this thing needs to be on. Obviously, I have my my dinner at night, my freeze dried or whatever. Yeah. But all these all these little snacks, like, I have to, you know, I have to kind of, you know, and, and whatever, right? Every situation, hunting's different. You get out again. You get chasing a bull, and I've, you know, I've gone three, four hours probably without eating or whatever. But eventually, that like you said it's just one of those things eventually it catches up to you like you can't yeah you can't you can't cheat that for you know even like a half a day but definitely not multiple days back to back right and it's i mean you know the harder you're going the more the more true that is um we learned that you know the hard way on a lot of you know we we did a lot of the backpacking where you know we're in there for seven eight nine ten days and you know you think up front like no i'm good right like i'm feeling good on day two or three still um <laughs> yeah. yeah right and then and, and you're you're stacking you're like oh i didn't even eat all my food today and you kind of feel good about it and you know whatever sometimes that can work in your advantage at the end but it's definitely better to you know if you're going for eight days it's better to pack nine full days worth of food and rip through all of them and ended up, I ended up carrying two extra pounds of food. Who cares? Then it is to, you know, only pack seven and then only, you know, only eat, you know, five days worth by the end. Cause it, trust me, it doesn't work. Like, no, um, you start falling apart fast. I mean, I did that. I did a solo Colorado hunt and I've told the story a couple of times, but the mental thing was hard and I was sleeping out of my truck cause we started getting blizzards and I didn't want to keep setting up the tent and tearing it down every day. And so I was eating like not much at all. And, um, the hunting wasn't going well for the first couple of days while those blizzards were coming through. And then I finally found some elk and I remember trying to go up to get them. And mind you this, like I parked at 11, the elk were up at 12,000. <clears throat> it was like 12 inches of snow I was post holing through and it was like a mile up and then like two and a half miles at elevation over. And I'm like making it 50 feet before I'm like, I'm gassed. I'm exhausted. My legs are burning. My, like my knee was like shooting pain, like with every step, like cramping in the back. It was weird. Like not normal, like not like big muscle cramps, like a calf cramp or a thigh cramp. It was like the ligaments in my knee were like hurting. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I can see the elk. I can physically see them right now. They're over there, two miles. They're all bedded. If I go shoot one, like, there's no way I'm going to get it out of here by myself. Yeah. And so I'm like, I got to reevaluate. Like, I am like, like, if I was the dashboard of a truck right now, there would be a lot of flashing symbols at me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went down. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go get a hotel and a pizza and a ton of water and i'm just gonna watch a movie get great night's sleep down this pizza drink as much water as i can and i'm gonna go kill one of these things tomorrow and sure enough that's exactly what happened um yeah and so it's just night and day difference when i got a water. i think a lot of it was water a lot of it was um food and carbs like i was just like i was doing an eight-day hunt on day six i think i had seven days of food left <laughs> like that's how bad it was but yeah, it was and, I mean, solo, you know, I think a lot's part of it too that played into it. Like I, all my plans went out the window because I didn't have anybody to keep like accountable. Like when you're hunting with a buddy, like, Hey, you hungry? You want to eat lunch? Like you want to stop for a break, but you don't really have that conversation when you're alone. 
Yeah. And I mean, really think about what your body's going through again. Let's just picture like, you know, you, you're going on a week long elk hunt or whatever. If you're, if you're doing it right, if you're very good at all, or you've gotten the right position, you know, like if you're in the right area and there you're into elk, your body is literally going through, you know, the equivalent of, you know, a marathon, right. Or, or whatever. Like it, it's, it's like a, it's like you're in the tour de France, right? Like you're every single day back to back to back to back to back to back. You've got to wake up and climb the mountain, drop into the Canyon, climb up the Ridge, you know, and again, like you said, that's all just without killing something. And then the work really begins, right? Yeah. So you just, you have to, um, you know, the, there's the, my, my buddy that I work with, is uh he he runs every once in a while he'll get a wild hair and he'll run one of these ultras or like a 50 right or he'll at least train for him right and and you realize real quick and and he even told me you know because i'm kind of i have the food thing and he was kind of like hey you know he's like i realized real quick man like the art to this whole thing isn't anything other than the the food and the fuel right the reason that these guys that you know can mentally stay with it are so good you know, you know, obviously the training and the stuff has to be there. Like, listen, if you're sitting on the couch all year and you think you're just going to go get the right food and ingest all these calories and it's going to magically get you up and down the mountain, that's not what I'm talking about, right? Like, <laughs> right, the, there's a yeah. huge assumption that you're literally going to train your hind end off um, all year and get in real, you know, Colorado backcountry mountain shape. But all that aside, once you get there, if you've done everything you can, like the art to stand mentally and, and physically, but mostly mentally there is keeping that food level up and keeping your body, you know, putting the, putting the amount of calories in and, and the right calories, so to speak. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered what typically goes first because they affect each other and I don't want to be like woke, but it's true. Like mental health versus physical health on an elk hunt. Cause I know Mentally. they're like, there's like a rubber band between the two. If one, yeah, if one falls it, off the cliff, the other's falling off the cliff right there with you. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the, like, I don't, I can't tell you the scientific connection right between like when your body gets depleted, why your mind quits all of a sudden. But I like in my heart, I know that's the case, right? You, you like, even though your body feels like it's done, it, it just, it goes to your head and you're like, you know, you'll start talking to yourself. We've all been there. Right. Like, right. You, you know, start no, looking no, for excuses. You, like, well, exactly. you, I need you to get back to right. work or I need to get home or I, I got this sure. other thing I need to do. Or, you know, maybe, you know what? It did look better over by the truck. Actually. I think, it, I think there's going to be elk back by the truck. Yeah. And, and listen, your, your experience, your example worked out, right. You ended up getting back into the elk or whatever, but like, those elk could have easily just been gone four counties over the next day. Right? Oh, it was and different elk. I just found different elk. Yeah. So Still, it worked out. So, yeah. Even more so, right? It worked out, but you, you mentally talked yourself into like, mm, I could, but I'm going to go back. I, I better go back and get a pizza and go to the hotel. Right. And, and it was maybe physically the right decision in the time the, at the time. Yeah. Right. But like, it's because my, I let myself get to that point to begin with. Right. Yeah, 100%. Exactly, right? I mean, it, you, you'll tell yourself whatever the H you want to tell yourself of what, what the reasoning is, and it'll sound so good. Like, oh, yeah. It'll sound so good in your head. It'll make so much sense. And, like, oh, the wife's 
God, this thing or like, you know, I'm like, oh, my. Oh, frick. Like I do. I need I really do need to go out and call my grandma. Like, have it, you know, and it's like in your head on the mountain, you're like, you're 100 percent like you would shoot someone if they tried to talk you out of it. Right. But really, it's just BS. Right. It's just a little excuse because, you know, like, yeah, I, I did it on a Colorado hunt, you know, a couple of years ago. I'm in this unit and it was it. It, it was, I still make this mistake of, you know, I got Google earth, so to speak. Right. I get in there and I, I look on Google earth and I'm you know, this is a solo deal for a muzzleloader hunt. so I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, in hardcore backcountry, but I'm like, I'm going to go down this big drainage and then I'm going to go up this side and I'm going to be into all these epic back. Dude, I got there and it was just like they say in the stories, it was like, I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even scale that if I had the gear, right? Like it was so unrealistic. And anyway, it, I, I ended up making this huge other loop, like this big 10 mile deal. And I get back almost to where I started, like two miles from the trail trailhead or so. And there was one more basin from there that I was like, I knew, and I still know to this day, I probably would have found the deer. I was, you know, in my head, the deer I was looking for was there. And I yeah. know he was there because it was the spot. It was still relative if i had gone there on day one i would have made it right but after i i made this huge loop around because i i didn't get to go where i wanted to and by the end i'm sitting there and i'm like you know i can't even remember what it was but it was like yeah no like and i'm all of a sudden i'm hiking back to the truck right i'm and next thing you know you're sucking on a mountain dew and you're heading home eating a snit and you're like you know and, and even then right eventually though it'll hit you eventually though you'll be like Mm -hmm. like that wasn't how it was supposed to go or whatever and and it again there's a lot of reasons building up to a hunt why that can happen again just your flat out your training your google earthing skills or whatever but food is definitely one of the huge slices of why that can happen you're not ingesting the right calories i think that's one of the easiest ones to the easiest ones to prevent like if you come up with a good food plan, you stick to it. Like at least you can be like, well, that's going to be taken care of. Right. I still have all these other things like being alone for five days. It's a mental battle. I was first to be like, I think I can do it. I'm just fine. I'm no, you know, I'm confident. I'm probably borderline (laughs) cocky my entire life. And I've done a bunch of weekends and three days, but yeah, it's different when you leave town and you don't have cell reception, you're in a different state, a different place, a new place, five days. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, You'd only stare at your inreach for so long waiting for a uh, a text back from whoever you want to talk to. And so, so yeah, that was a big one. And so now I'm taking it a lot more seriously. And so, like, I walk around here at home about 2,500 calories a day, plus or minus. I mean, it depends. What Go for date night. I don't track. But when I my meal plan that I typically follow on weekdays and stuff like that, it's about 2,500 calories a day. Um, I'm a bigger guy. I'm 6'2", 270, like I'm a bigger dude. And so that's kind of supposed to cut. I don't know what every, I mean, everyone's got their opinion on calories. But let's just assume 2,500 is my steady state. Like that's what I should crank at. What do you, do you, what do you do when you go elk hunting? Do you, do you pick that? Do you add a thousand? I'm obviously you don't take anything away, but like, what's your strategy? First of all, I go deer hunting when I'm elk hunting. Um, <laughs> and and that, that sounds like a joke, but but here's here's the thing, right? Is um, all that being said, 
One of my favorite things about Maverick Hunting Blinds is the ability to customize the blind for your needs. With the Booner Blind Series, you can customize your window orientation and get all vertical windows, all horizontal windows, or even half and half. You can even build your blind so all your vertical windows are on one side for those close-range archery shots, and all your horizontal windows are on the other side for your long-range rifle shots. And when it comes to customizing the look of your blind, they've got an entire line of accessories. They've got options to camouflage tint your windows and stencil kits to make your entire blind camo and bow holders and gun holders for the inside of their blind. They've got everything you need to make your blind perfect for you. Click the link below and head over to maverickhunting.com to get all the accessories you need to customize your Maverick blind. I've learned it does it depends on the hunt it depends on the person and it depends on the hunt and and it even depends on your goals and let me explain right when i was bow hunting and when i was younger we would go into the we would go into the back country in nevada and it was the real deal it was 10 days backpacking oh yeah and there were deer everywhere that we would have shot right i was not nearly as picky as i am now yeah. i was 20 something okay and we were two, three stocks a day. If you, if you had it in you, right. And we would come in, I was in much better shape. Like we would come in there and we would go so hard for six or seven, eight days, full quiver dump by the end and come home with nothing. Right. Like <laughs> okay, those were some serious, I was ingesting some serious calories and I needed to on that, on those hunts. Cause again, yeah. every day, every day was like a little micro backcountry marathon that I was putting my body through. Right. Well, on the flip side, now the way I deer hunt, especially if it's with a rifle, but even with a bow, I, I know what I'm, I'm after something that's uh, almost a unicorn. And so the chances of me finding it and actually leaving now I'll move a lot to go to different vantage points to try to find him in glass, but you're not running. You're not I'm like, not in a running hustle. And, yeah. And those movements, like you said, I can go, I can go at my own pace or whatever, and I can mm -hmm. keep it pretty low. The chances of me finding that deer, all I can tell you, cause like in, he's on the wall over here in, in four years, three, three seasons, 20, 21, 22, and 23, four seasons. I've seen two of him right i okay. killed one i did i couldn't get the other one killed and that's across two to three tags every single year so we're talking like six or eight or whatever that is 10 different hunts i've i've found two of the deer that i'm currently looking for and so there are a lot of days and hours on my hunts where i sit on a perch and maybe I move to the next one, or maybe I don't. And right. I could live off of a thousand calories, right? And so I'll I'll still pack my you know ballpark. If it's like my Wyoming backcountry deer hunt, frankly, I'll go light. I go in there if I go in there with twenty five hundred calories per day for seven days, I will hundred percent end up stacking food at the end because I just don't do anything most days other than climb to this peak, climb to this peak real quick. But it's nothing like when I was backcountry hunting, archery hunting deer back in the day and putting on all these strenuous stocks and stuff. Sure. Okay. Now 
I haven't hunted elk with a bow or whatever for a, a minute, but like, I know, I know what I'm talking though. Like I said, those can be variable. Those you can, you have to pack for heavy on those and you just, you can, you know, uh, but the point is, is it depends, right? Yeah. And depends I, on what you're going to do. I eat more on my normal day at home than sometimes I do in the backcountry for me right now. If I, again, if I was like, Hey, you know, we're going to go pick up a bow and let's just make up some stupid hunt. Like I'm going to go, you know, there's this backcountry hunt for javelinas, something I don't care about. And I would shoot anything that I see and I'm going to do it with my bow. And it's in this rugged backcountry down in Arizona or something. And we're going to be running gun the whole time. I would have 3,500 calories or so in my pack. Okay. And, and I'd be hammering all of it cause I would need it. Right. But so it, it depends and you have to know, where you're at if you're a new even if it's mule deer if you're a new hunter and you're like oh dude like i'm a meat hunter i'm or this is my first mule deer like i'm gonna smoke the first legal deer that i see or whatever you know and and you're just chasing every single deer that you see around the mountain like you you could and you're not very good at at bow hunting for (laughs) example like i was like you you better plan on burning some serious calories so it depends yeah and it's hard for me to sit, you know, but, but I'll be honest, like for me, you know, I could build it out real quick, but like 2000, I guess is probably my average that I would take per day. And again, I, I guarantee you, I would, I would start stacking one or two bars every day um, that I don't eat and just build them up just in case I have that day at the end or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking more. So like that archery season elk bugling, chasing them, you're doing 3, like plus. 10 to 15 miles a day. Um, three, three, 15 is a lot plus. though. If you're doing like, we've come to learn in our elk hunting group. If you're doing 15 miles a day, elk hunting, that probably actually means you weren't in the elk. <laughs> <laughs> You or know, you're just, like, yeah. like the days where we have our best elk hunting, we are busy all day and we're probably burning a lot of calories, but our map is tight. Like we did not do this huge loop around and yeah, put on even, 15 miles because we were on the elk. We didn't leave, you know? Yeah. It, even, even if, yeah. Cause, cause even when they're running and gunning, let's say you, you hear a bugle first thing in the morning, even before the sun. And then you, you dive off a canyon and you follow them or whatever. Like they're only going to go so far, especially in the heat of September. And those suckers are going to bed up on the first, you know, North shaded wooded timber bench that they can find. Right. And it's usually, right, like you said, it might be two or three miles. Um, but it, it's almost at that point, it's the strenuousness of the, you know, cause you might have to, all of a sudden they, he takes off and it pulls his cows and you're trying to go cut right. him off. And it's like, dude, we still got to get to that saddle before him or, and it, it's like a little mini sprint, you know, all that you go time. on or whatever. So yeah, if you're going 15 miles on a backcountry elk hunt with your bow, like you're in the wrong place, go somewhere else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you're like on elk and they're not talking, like, don't leave. Like if there's, if it looks like a cattle yard, just stay there. Like they're going to start yeah. talking or stay close at least. Yeah. yeah. Whenever we've got like 15, 18 miles days, like it's always been when we didn't see a single thing. Or, or maybe just, you know, like, like me with mule there, maybe you're just so like, you're just picky, right? Like, Hey, yeah. looked in this space and that bull's not the one let's move. Right. Or, or you're just like, Hey, I got to move camp because you know, I've checked these three basins. I've seen the seven bulls that are in here. This ain't what I'm looking, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. No, that's not us. We will shoot any, legal elk. <laughs> we will shoot any legal elk. Um, so when you're picking food or like, what's your strategy as far as macros? Cause 
I think macros probably aren't quite as important as a lot of people like to pretend they are. Um, I'm under the impression, you know, I'm an engineer, so I, I, you know, I don't argue with laws of physics and thermodynamics, like energy in equals energy out at the end of the day. But I think you could sabotage yourself. Like if you're like, yeah, you brought 100% carbs, like you're going to fall apart. Like you, you, you need healthy fats to survive and have Mm -hmm. brain function or the flip side. Like I eat a standard American diet, but then I went ultra clean and had a lot of like high fat foods for my elk hunts. Like you're probably going to go through a lot of toilet paper. Like, you know, you sabotaged yourself, but just like all things kind of aside, what's your general strategy between like, you know, maybe, you know, throwing out like more rounded numbers, like 30% this 30% that 40 or like, do you go higher carb because it is a faster energy source? Um, or do you go like fats because it's maybe a more long-term consistent energy source? How do you break it up? No, it'd be, it'd be probably like 50, 25, 25, right? Carbs, fats, proteins. And that's the first thing is like, most people don't even understand what macros are. I didn't years ago. Right. I, I, um, you know, I, I guess my first taste, like I was a college athlete, right. And, and it, you get pretty serious at that point. So that's where I first heard it. And, you know, I, even then I'm known, I'm definitely no nutritionist. I'm definitely not like you, I'm not assigned, you know, whatever, like I'm not any of these things. Um, I'm not a dietitian or anything. I'm just a backcountry hunter that put together some business with it, yeah. but ballpark 50 carbs, 25 fats, 25 proteins. That being said, I I'm guessing that my carbs are probably again, split down the middle and 25 and 50% of that 50 is like a simple carb, a sugary yep. and a quick, a quick ingest chews, you know, waffle stingers, something like a Snickers, right? Something that's boom, like instant, you know, yeah. a goo energy pack. Um, and then the, the other half of that carb would be a, a, a complex, complex like right? Some, something slow burning. That's going to be basically my, my freeze dried dinner at night, right? It's going to have usually some sort of heavy pasta or something like that, that can churn all night. And then also I can, you know, it, I'm going to wake up with it in, in my system the next day. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, if you're, you know, if you sit and ingest, you know, uh, too much complex carb, and you think you're going to, it's going to boost you up the mountain real quick. Like, you know, it's why those, those marathon bikers and stuff, like they're not, you know, they eat their pasta the night before, right. It's called carb loading for a reason. And they're, and they're not eating, you know, they're not eating a, um, you know, they're not eating a bunch of, uh, you know, sugary sugar cookies or whatever they're eating pastas and, you know, pizza and stuff that's that complex. So, that that's my general ballpark guess is 50, 25, 25, and then split your carbs that I bet you you're, you know, unless you're some, you know, fitness freak, that's got it all figured out and you know yourself real well. My guess is that is not, that's not going to get you into trouble. Let's let's, I mean, if you, if you got the, you can keep talking. I'm going to, I'm going to play with it. I'm going to build out on my, on the nice thing about this site is yeah. I can, uh, I'll mm-hmm. go to the site too, so we can Is talk I'll, both about. We I'll go build it right now. We, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, back back backlogistics.com. Um, so the one Sorry, thing that I would say is like what throws a wrench into that a little bit um, is so I agree with you one hundred percent. Like your ratios, 
no one will ever get in trouble with. Like 25% protein is pretty much what everyone should be eating like in life. Like there's never a diet out there that's like, oh, you should eat 80% protein unless you're doing carnivore. And carnivore isn't because you want to get the protein in or like you think like all I want to burn is protein. Carnivore is more so when you like want to exclude other things. Like and you just yeah. When I hear when I hear carnivore, I think very specialized, um, controlled environment at home or whatever. When you're trying to lose weight, it's more about like extreme keto. Like you're trying to get rid of carbs and you're trying to get into like a ketogenic state. It's not because you think you need 400 grams of protein a day to thrive. (laughs) Yeah, and there and therein lies my point. Right, it's like that to me. You're getting into the realm of someone who right is a fitness freak and knows exactly what they're talking about. They're going to have a completely different answer than I just did. Yeah. Um, Let me you know, see. Just, I'm going to do what know. I would do. So. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Are you building yours? Yeah. Um, although <clears throat> I didn't, none of the options that are there, are what I ate for breakfast, but here, here, <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. What, what, what'd you throw in there? I did the peak refuel breakfast. Um, okay. For lunch, um, man, I think Eric Chester wrecked tuna packets for me. <laughs> Kraft mac and cheese is an option. I would 100% pick that, but um, not really, actually. So sandwich kit, I would probably do a sandwich kit. Realistically, like that's what we eat most of the time. Um, I would probably do ooh, peanut butter and bacon. Actually, it looks tempting. Um, dinner, definitely peak refuel um i did the chicken alfredo on our backpack hunt the peak chicken alfredo it's my all-time it's probably my all-time favorite that's the one i picked i'll do a mountain ops performance bar because i'm on the mountain ops social media team so i gotta throw them some love (laughs) um chocolate mudslides our favorite i'll do jack links because i love jerky actually hold on let me see yeah, I'll probably do a Jack Links. That's pretty close. Original snack number three. I'm gonna do. Is the Ritz crackers just Ritz crackers, or is it like cheese or peanut butter? Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a cheese usually cheese and crackers. I'll do it's that like one. Little, it's like the little six pack, right? That's got the cheese in it. And then four. This is actually getting remarkably close to what I actually took. Um, I'll do the trail mix. So did the original, did the original coffee. I'm not a coffee person. Energy. I am an energy person. Yeah, those, unless you put some, I don't, the most of those energies aren't going to give you any, uh, too much of a bump. You no, know, a but bit. blue raspberry is a delicious flavor of ignite. <laughs> and tiger's blood's actually really good too. I used to drink a lot of tiger's blood. I, I love all I, I tried all of them mountain ops wilderness athlete peak has their own I love all of them yeah ooh sleepy coca sumbler that would be a good option to bring on a elk hunt I never thought about that extras um oh definitely a spark I lost my spark last time all right so my calories came out to oh boy I'm gonna have to do some math never mind thirty four hundred and thirty two so I thought no, but I had a peak where you feel breakfast, which is 1100 calories, which that's a pretty heavy breakfast. Um, yeah. Sandwich kits, 535 for two of them. That's pretty accurate. Peak lunch um, or peak dinner, 870. Snacks total were about 840. 
Um, and people people won't be able to see what you and I are seeing, but when they go to the website, they will. And this is this is the essence of this whole thing, right? Is oh yeah. Being able to, it looks like a meal plan. Like if you did my fitness yeah. pal, if you my fitness yeah, pal did. People tell me all the time, like, dude, I I sit on your website and just plug and play. Sometimes you have to hit, you need to hit refresh at the top, or else, <laughs> you know, we're, we're on a we're on a budget here, but it's a pretty good system for being on a budget. But is this a Shopify everything, account? What's that? No, this is not a Shopify store. Uh, WooCommerce, I think. Yeah. Anyway, um, as you're adding each thing and you select the flavor specifically it throws it in the chart on the left and it starts tallying up and it's yeah. showing him hit the weight of each item. And, and the weights, the one thing that's probably ballparked the most, um, we tried to get them, uh, anyway, the weight, the calories of each item or the total calories you're going to get the calories per ounce. So it divides the calories by that weight and gives you a, a calories yeah. per ounce. Mm-hmm. And then your, your macros, your fats, your carbs, your proteins, and then tallies it all at the bottom. So yeah, so I'm at a pound and a half, a little over a pound and a half for my daily food. But at 3,400 calories is a lot. I mean, that's right. that's a big food. So a, yeah. for breakfast, I was doing. I went. I doubled down on pre cooked bacon this year. <laughs> I got. I ordered pre cooked bacon. It came in these like big sheets where there was like yep. a, a freezer paper and like. 15 strips and then it was like and so i took them out of that and then i put them in that vacuum sealed bags into like a daily portion yep so i could only open one a day <laughs> and they were thinner than i'd like i wish i could find a way to do it at, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous to cook like real bacon at home and then keep it because i kept it warm everything was warm i didn't cool or freeze anything so we we use these i don't know if this is the same one that you use but it's i happen to have it right here it's this riff is it hormel no it's riffs Uh, pre-cooked, they come individually sliced. This is what comes in your sandwich kit. If you do, Oh, the, I did the peanut butter b-hole sandwich or whatever. And, um, yeah, it's, this is the sweet one. So it's like almost, almost like caramelized. Like it's got a really sweet, yeah. yeah, Candied. That's right. Candied. Um, which is, you're right. It's caramelized. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it is. Um, yeah, no. So I did, it was a little different than that. They were thinner. It's like, when you go to a gas station and you get a bacon cheeseburger. Yeah. yeah. Wendy's like little thin. Yeah. Yeah. But they're these, still these good. Are, these are pretty thick. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't that looks more like here. fatty jerky. That would look like a healthy piece of meat. Yeah. This, I mean, it's a piece of bacon, right? I mean, yeah. um, I'm going to eat it right now because I love them. So I did that. And so I did like, I think I was doing four strips of bacon and a cheese stick for breakfast. And so I did individually wrapped cheese sticks. I didn't because I what I liked about them is I didn't have to refrigerate the cheese sticks because they're individually wrapped in nitrogen, and I didn't have to refrigerate the pre cooked bacon because I kept it vacuum sealed. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's like that's the grossest thing ever. You're gonna get salmonella, and I'm like, well, I didn't. So, <laughs> but I was doing that for breakfast. Um, I did the peak refill chicken alfredo for dinner. Lunch, I was doing like I did heavy trail mix. I did like. I think almost like 12 ounces of trail mix a day. Like I, did, I did a lot of trail mix, like a quart bag. I had like a big size quart bag for two days. So I had four yeah, quarts. I mean, bags. if you're just, if you're just throwing stuff together yourself, it's, it's a good, because it, it's pretty well balanced, right? Like, and it's dense. That, that's the, the thing I was getting at. It's like, I was trying to stay dense too. Cause carbs, carbs and protein, you can't exceed 118 calories per ounce. 
Like that is yeah. that's a pure carb. Like a pure protein and a pure carb weighs 118 calories per ounce. And so like if you want to get up to that, like my goal was to average 150. And so it's hard to trail mix comes calories, in right at 50. calories per ounce. Yeah. I was trying to average 150 calories per ounce. Good luck. It's hard. You need a lot of fat. I don't know. Is it possible? I <laughs> you, mean, if, you need a lot of obviously, fats. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you throw the right stuff in there, but I, I don't know, like, I'd be surprised if you could make that pencil out on this builder with, with again, what I would consider like real, you know, template and, and staple backpack food or whatever. But On yeah, your builder, a, you can't. But peak refills, my peak refill dinner was the 175, so that really helped. Um, the trail mix mixture that I did averaged like 148. The peanut butter, peanut butter is like one of the densest foods there is without freeze drying. Um, and so I did the peanut butter rich crackers, which were at like that 148-ish as well. Yeah. Um, and then like fatty bacon got up there because you need fats. Like you, to, in order to do it, you need to you need to have fats. And so like the nuts were denser in the trail mix. Um, I make my own trail mix because I hate, I think there's a scam in the trail mix industry where they'll put like one or two flashy ingredients on the bag. And then they put a bunch of shit in there besides that, that no one likes. And so I just go buy, like I buy peanut butter M&Ms and I buy cashews instead of peanuts and I buy good raisins. And then I buy like, I had a, I did a TikTok on it. You need a crunchy, a sweet, a sour, and a chewy, yeah. I think. And so you put all those together, and I make my own. But it came out at, like, 149 or 150 an ounce. It was very hard. I don't think I actually did it. That was just my goal. Like, I was shooting yeah, for it's, it. it. That's a good goal. I mean, one, like, I'm. And I'm most of that's base. not freeze-dried. Like, if it was all freeze-dried, it'd be easy. Every freeze-dried sure. meal is easy to come out to 150. But yeah. I mean, I, I've been plugging and playing here. But, like, th- this would be a typical kit that i would build oatmeal in the morning green belly for lunch super high calorie what is little, green belly uh it's it's like a full-blown meal version of a bar right so it's and it's it's not just it's not a bar as much as it's like can i grab one real quick sure yeah go for it i'd love to see one they're extremely like very high calories 600 usually ish 665 right comes in this like green belly meal to go when you open it you're just having your dinner tonight <laughs> yeah listen the the real honest like dirty secret is i just got into this backpack business to like eat food like <laughs> i do all these stupid reviews every time my wife's looking at me from the corner like yep Every time we get like a new item or something, it's like, oh, I got to test it. And then that's why you do the energy drink reviews too, just so you can have more energy drinks. Yeah. Well, those, I was just drinking those anyway. But so really, like, really thick. I don't know if you can see in there, but there's, that looks like there's, yeah, there's basically two in there. It's, it's a big, I mean, it's, I don't know what to compare it to. Is it like a thousand calorie bar? Six, six, sixty five. Yeah. But that's like a, that's like a baking recipe. What do you mean? Like a thousand calorie bar is like a, a bar that uh, like your wife might make if you're going to a Super Bowl party and it's like granola and M&Ms and, yeah. and peanut butter. And so it's like, a, one, it's like a super dense like yes. bar. Okay. But, but there's is relatively, it's relatively light and fluffy. They, they have okay. a lot of, you know, you can tell there's like a rice crispy ish type of a, mm. 
okay. a feel to it. It's not it's not super dense, but it's is it there's just a lot there's a lot to and it's it, like right? relatively like clean like that's the, the like they're going for being oh yeah yeah i mean it's you know, not like chocolate and peanut butter <laughs> well i'll tell you t- tapioca syrup dried apricots apricots uh, <laughs> yeah dried apricots apricots uh, brent- Apricots or apricots? I call them apricots. I don't. I've never heard someone say apricot. But welcome like... to Wyoming. Welcome to Wyoming. They're apricots. <laughs> okay. Uh, brown crisp rice, right? That's that kind of fluffy deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, brown rice flour, peanuts, peanut flour, gluten-free oats, environmentally sustainable palm oil. Just in case you're wondering. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Honey, agave nectar, so real natural type stuff, right? Real good. Peanut oil, sesame. A lot of guys will take these and this. We have these options on the lunch and the dinner um, because a lot of guys like 665 calories, not a ton for a dinner, but like it'll work, right? So anyway. Yeah. Okay. I put that on a, a peak refill dinner and then like a Mountain Ops performance bar or Cars Trail Mix, fruit snacks, jerky, right? That's my four snacks. That's like a very typical like pretty good mix and then i've got a honey stinger chews and a like a, a, a trail pack recovery but like their point in case right i'm yeah i'm three I, and i've been plugging and playing here but two first of all 2665 on calories i'm telling you that if i had this exact lineup on a normal backcountry mule deer hunt i would only eat half of that green belly meal throughout the day or I wouldn't eat the mountain ops bar. Probably I would end up stacking one of those two at the end of the day. And then my, my macros, you know, not perfectly 50, 25, 25, but I'm 300 ish carbs hunt just over a hundred fat and just over 120 proteins. So pretty dang close to what I was thinking, right? Like a little more than double on the carbs of everything else. And, and so right in there, right. I mean, it's, yeah. that's, and again, you could change one item and all of a sudden it's going to be a little different, but anyway, I like how your get... I like how the sport comes up on the macros. <laughs> the sport does. Yeah. It comes at zeros, but it comes up like it's listed oh, as yeah. like yeah, the there's weight. no calories in a sport. You're welcome. Unless you <laughs> eat it. I forgot my spork on the mountain. I had to borrow somebody's. So have you, by the way, um, I had, I believe his name was, oh gosh, I should remember this. I'm so bad. Uh, Logan Taves, I believe was from Alpine Ranch, uh, freeze dried meals. Mm. I think yeah. his name was Logan Alpine. Taves. That, um, that's one of the, I mean, I haven't had a lot of requests to bring in anything besides peak, to be honest. Okay. And obviously I'm not sponsored by him. I just, I'm a, I'm a dealer, but, um, Alpine Ranch was one of the, they're one of the most recommended or, you know, the, again, I don't get very, they're very new, very, very new. I think it yeah. is Logan it, Taos. Oh yeah. Logan Taos. I know Logan. Yeah. Taves Taos. Yep. I said it wrong, but yeah, yep. I was just going to say like, I had him on the podcast. I said, if you, you already know him, so you don't need to be put in touch, yep. but I was going to say like, I'm sure he'd be interested because he's growing his own freeze dried meal business, for anything sure. to help. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're, I mean, I, I, I would dare say they're number one on the list to get in this this coming. You know, we've ran this for two years now. This will be our third year, and um, it, it continues to grow. And we're definitely at the point where we can we can handle bringing on 
some you more know, two, options. Two freeze-dried companies is a lot of inventory to handle for the volume we're doing, but... Well, Peak has like a lot of options. I don't think Alpine Ranch has as many options so far. Yeah, yeah, it's probably five or six SKUs would be my guess. As long as it's not Mountain House. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're going to steer clear of them. They're... You mentioned something earlier about how bad, how tough they are on your gut. Like I don't get that at all with Peak or these Alpines or these these ones that are you know really well built and well made. I I think like the those mountain houses and backcountry pant like they're they're just so like so much um, sodium and so much all the preservatives uh, that they put yeah, in yeah really to make, hardcore. But like mountain houses will last like I think it's like forty years now. Yeah, for 20 we only years. need them. To, yeah, we only need them last like four months. <laughs> yeah, and you, they will last longer. Like Logan talked about, he's like the only way to really test is like how long have you been around, and that's why mountain houses have lasted twenty years because they've been around for twenty years and they can open up a bag and be like, yeah, it's still good. So yep. he's like, yeah, like we're at like five, and like yeah. you know, like that's all we need. Like we're well, not we... going to ever try to get any farther than five. Like we're not, yeah. we're not a prepper company. We're a backcountry hunting company. Exactly. Like we're doing this exactly. for nutrition and weight, not for survivability in an apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. And, not doing it for uh, food storage. Yeah. So no, that's really interesting. Um, I think it's really cool. I like talking about food. I really liked how the bacon went down. It seemed to keep well all week. You know, I wasn't refrigerating it in camp even like I made it two nights before we left or I packaged it up. And so it stayed air temp for 10 days total. Yeah. Um, and it tasted just fine. The cheese, 10 days these, total. It got a little, cheese would get a little soft if it was warm, but it was fine because it's all individually sealed. I like that. The, the, the trail mix kept me drinking water, which I really liked. Um, all that's really good. Um, so I really liked some of those, those things like the, you know, I don't like eating candy bars. Like it's just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love candy, but like on an elk hunt, like there's something about it where it's like, I know that's not going to really help me if I'm eating 10 candy bars a day just to get calories <laughs> in. You know what I mean? Like, I want to yeah. be better. I want to do better than that. Like, this is so important to me. I don't want to, like, get gut rot from Snickers bars because we're having, like, some, a lot of people in the group, like, some of the, like, one of the guys, is Isaac, he's one of those billy goats. Like, he doesn't, he can eat whatever he wants, and he just does fine. But I know me enough to know, like, if I ate 10 candy bars a day, I'm going to be yeah. in trouble. He got rid of his, he's like, I've been carrying this bino harness for years. I've never used my binos on an elk hunt. And so by like day four, he ditched his binos and he was putting snacks in his bino part. <laughs> he could just open it up and eat it. Like literally, I walk in the next day and he's dumping a box of stuff in his bino harness. And I'm like, what are you doing, Isaac? He's like, I never use them anyway. I just want to have snacks. <laughs> so... Um. No, and listen, that that's that's a good like, you know, I don't know where we're at, but that that's a good real good punchline for this whole thing is just you just you have to know yourself, right? Like that's kind of the yeah. theme of this whole this whole deal is like it's really, you know, we, you can explain what macros do and what all but like you have to know yourself and try, you know, do not. It's it's why it's one of the reasons I started a subscription box that we do yearly right is a i can bring in stuff that you know we we so we have a trailblazer box we call it and it's it's a you know a lot of it's just new stuff right i got random stuff behind me that's going to go out tomorrow and yeah you know it's it's stuff that you know it's not what i carry in the store and i and i probably won't ever for at least in the near future 
but but a lot of some of it we throw in is the same stuff that we, you know we're going to cycle through a lot of the stuff we do in the store you need to put your lips if you don't know you need to put or if it's your first trip or whatever you need to put your lips on some of this stuff all of it frankly before you just you know rip into colorado for eight days and that's your one week of hunting vacation and you're like oh my yeah. gosh like i don't get along with snickers right i could hammer a snickers three times a day i'm like your buddy right like snickers would keep i mean you're not yourself if you're hungry and snickers will fix it <laughs> that's a good but no idea. it's it it just is the point right it's the yeah. point is you you need to know yourself well enough here no one else can tell you hey you you need to pack this many calories well not everyone right you can only have this type of food well that's not true like everyone needs to know themselves and and, yeah. and some of it you won't until you actually hit the mountain and do it right and make a mistake or whatever and you right you hope it's not monumental or whatever but um yeah you, you gotta you gotta know yourself and, and just think it right think about it before you and i never do about. recommend like so like we've been kind of talking about this like if someone is like has no idea where to start and they're doing their first 14 day right don't <laughs> yeah no like i'm i never recommend that do not start with a four first of all your 14 dayer will turn into a four dayer i guarantee you yeah. you know what i mean but like start with an antelope hunt start with a, a rifle mule deer hunt start with a base camp hunt maybe bring a spike wow. tent and a spike sleeping bag and spend one night out or two nights out start very small there should be no reason for you to not know what to eat on your first 14 day hunt. Cause by the time you get there, you should have been doing weekends and weeks and four days and five days and, you know, a little spike well, and, a, you know, lots of stuff building up to be able to get yeah. to the point of 14 saying that from experience, I did an eight day by myself and I made it to day five before I had to get a hotel and get back in the game on day six. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's even a good point, right? Is, is some, some people that they come on these eight day or long, these extended, we'll call them extended back into trips. And they think that if they do come out for a day that they failed or whatever, you know, and as long as you don't drive home, right. As long as you didn't drive yeah. home and you get back in there, you know, you, you take it, call it tea, call it timeout and go, you know, go get your pizza and go get your hotel and shower up or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then, and then get back in there. You didn't, you didn't lose, right. That's not a, there's this men, there's almost this, you know, this feeling in the backcountry hunting world of like, Oh, you really wimped out, man. You couldn't go, you couldn't go 14 whole days without coming like, dude, like, you know, just know when and know when not to. And Hey, it's day six. Like, man, I really need to get in, you know, maybe catch up on some emails real quick, call my wife. And then I'm going to go back and mentally, just mentally do not let yourself go there. Like, do not like, it's not, this is not going home. This is like, Hey, I got 12 hours here and then I'm going to be hitting the trail again. And we're just, yeah. we're going to regroup and we're going to do it. But as long as you do that, like, yeah, yeah. My, listen, my first ever backpack hunt, I grew up out West obviously. And it was down in Utah and it was one mile from the truck. It was probably three quarters, <laughs> half a mile from the nearest road and it was stupid, right? It was, there was no point to be backpacking in there, but it was like, yeah, just like, to try. I was, yeah, I was 19 or 20 or whatever I was. And it was like, okay, this is all, there wasn't even bears around or anything like that, but it was like, this is all I can handle right now. And that's what I did. And I came out and then the next time I, like you, I did two and then three and then five and then seven with my buddies. Right. And then three by myself. And then 
10 with my buddies and then five by myself. And, you know, now it's like, if I have to, or want to, I can go, you know, go in there for a week or whatever by myself, but it uh, mentally you have to. Yeah. 14 days. I don't know. I don't know if I've met anyone yet. Maybe Aaron and John Barclow would be the only two people I would say like, I could ask them if they've done a true 14 day by themselves. But even Aaron was like, you run out of food. Like, I don't want to carry yeah. for, like, I don't want to do that. And he's one of the most hardcore people I've ever met. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to do that. Why would you do that? Like, if I'm in 14 days, like, I probably mm-hmm. wasn't in the right spot for 13 of those days. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So he's like, yeah. And he's like, I've been out long enough where we had to get airdrops on sheep hunts before. Like, <laughs> client was running low on food and paid the 2500 bucks to get an airdrop. <laughs> and so it's Ooh. like, we've been there a while, but like, I, why would I want to do that? Like, it, yeah. I don't need yeah, that, to that, Those type of hunts, that's more of a logistical thing than... Yeah, you know, that was a sheep hunt been, in British Columbia. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If, if they had been six miles from the trailhead and their truck was there with more food, they would have done that, right, or whatever, so... Yeah, it was like 25 yeah. miles, and they didn't even... Yeah, just, they shot the ram the next day, so they didn't even bring it all out. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, just, just, you know, A, knowing yourself, B, set realistic expectations here, you know, try this stuff out. I know, you know, out, out in the East or the Midwest, it's really almost impossible to do like little mini scouting trips, whatever, but maybe there's a, you know, maybe you're in Tennessee where I just was on a trade show and it's, you know, you live out there and it's like, Hey, there's a, you know, there's a three mile backcountry here that we could go to do this stupid little, mm-hmm. you know, the mountains aren't the same, but I could get the same experience mentally or, you know, try run, burn through some food gear, right? We didn't get into like all your testing of gear should be done before you go on these big trips or whatever. But yeah, anyway, just, just being smart and then knowing when and when not to worry about like, it's all right if I pack out for a night or whatever. Right. Yeah. No, strong proponent of mid trip, mid trip breaks, whether that's a yeah. sleep in in the morning, get to bed early at night, get a hotel for a day, yeah. strong proponent of a scheduled intermission. Yeah. So, well, awesome, man. I thank you for being here and sharing some of the stuff. I would, I would, I'm not even going to say it's a promo. I'm just saying it is kind of cool to go on the website and build. Like I would say, even if you don't, aren't the kind of guy that would pay for that and you would just go buy everything yourself. Like it's a helpful tool just to be like, if you did this and this and this, that's what you would end up with. And if you want to have the peace of mind, just order it that way. But it's fun. Like the, what you've built there to just, play around with the macros and just see like, Oh, you know, I was planning on doing three meal preps or three, uh, fuse diets a day, but like, Oh, clearly I don't have to. And those are expensive. Like that's the most expensive part of any food system is the freeze dried meals. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's yeah. A really cool tool to have. Yeah. By all means, like, please get on, just get on there and play with it. Whether you're using it for us or for your own. I, I honestly just hope that it brings value to, to anybody that wants to use it. And again, whether paying for, for our food or not it doesn't matter to me the website's built so yeah you can go on there and do your own little deal and and then apply it to your own little kits or whatever you want to do and um yeah there yeah i'm gonna make my worst meal possible and see what it turns out as (laughs) see how see how addicting it is it's like you just sit and keep going through it what if i added this what if i do that what if i i'm doing i'm doing like my least favorite of like what I could possibly pick for each of these things. Oh no, wait, I forgot one. Where's the, what's the tuna creations for? Is that dinner? It's it. I need to work on that little, I need to make a kit out of it. It's literally just the tuna packets, right? It's like a, yeah. 
probably about 100, 110 calorie, just, you know, tuna. You might, I don't know. Anyway, I, I need to kit it with something. Like, I don't know if guys would typically have that with just like Ritz crackers or a tortilla or something. But I think Chester does it plain or with a tortilla. Yeah. I think that like everyone does tuna packets and honey stingers because one person did it on YouTube once, which I think is him. Like he's kind of the OG Western YouTuber. Um in a way. I think there's not a ton of people that were doing it when he started. And he's a yeah. big fan of honey stingers and tuna packets. And now I see like every shed hunter that's got a YouTube channel's eating tuna packets and, and honey stingers. Sure. No <laughs> and, no co- no comment for me, but <laughs> are you not a fan of them or do you love them? Just I'm just neutral. I'm ne- I'm neither necessarily. I don't I don't watch a lot of their stuff. But oh I no, I meant on the tuna packets and on the honey stingers. Oh, <laughs> I'm just to uh, me. I'm per- like, why is everyone like oh tuna? Ugh. I'm not a tuna fan. Yeah, per- personally, with tuna packets, um, I would rather get my protein from jerky. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like that's my point. Like, like there's better. I'll- I'd rather bring. I'd rather bring cooked chicken at that point. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll get my protein from my freeze dry, you know, with a chicken or something in it, and and a thing of jerky. But honestly, the the tuna was just it was a it's popular. It a crowd, yeah, it was a crowd favorite, right? It was just hey, I'm a, it's one of my staples, or it's something I've eaten forever. Like I've got to have tuna. And again, I don't even know they're just. I think they're just eating it. You know, just that's I think there's the a lot of people is, just eat it plain because we don't. Yeah, I mean, there's one or two things like again, you could maybe pair it with the crackers, and it wouldn't be super weird or something like that. But yeah, now we we do one of the one of the tunas. If you go and look, is the um, the lunch to go kit. Lunch to go kit, and so if you um, geez, where does that labeled under? Oh, it's under the lunch stuff. Yeah, lunch. if you go if you go get that one for your lunch then you can you get the flavors and those that lunch to go kit is the full-blown the crackers and the mayo and the the whole plastic container right i can i can grab one real quick like a lunchable um kind of do you just have all of this stuff out in your living room my whole business is out of my living room my house yeah does your wife love that or is she like i wish it was different yeah she's the best wife ever like she helps me box all the stuff up like and not that she's listening right now or anything oh i don't know where she is she's around the corner probably but yeah these (laughs) these uh like lunch to go right and you can see like there's a little bulkiness and you're gonna have some trash and whatever so you know plan accordingly but it's got your whole it's got the the relish in there and it's got the spoon and it's got little crackers down there and the tunas with it and all that. So yeah. if, if you don't want, you know, you want your tuna, but you don't want to just raw dog it or whatever with nothing. Yeah. Then that's, that's a pretty dang good little lunch. Um, you know, especially if you know, backcountry fires and burning your garbage and whatever, right. I'm not here to be the, the ethics police or whatever. I don't want to talk about that, but you know, if you can get rid of that or maybe have pack animals and the weight and the bulkiness doesn't matter once you're in there or something like that. I don't just, know. But I just crush it and then put it in yeah, a bag and take the air out of it. It weighs obviously nothing once all the food's gone and then, you know, whatever. It just sits in your empty garbage bag for seven days and then you pack it out and it's nothing. So. Yeah. I did Kellogg Pop-Tarts, <clears throat> tuna packets, a green belly because just I've never had it. I don't know if I wouldn't like it. And four Little Debbies. <laughs> it's the worst 
meal like here the worst days that's the, the shed food. crazy that's the ben shed crazy special <laughs> is he like the little debbies i'm a fan of ben i really want to get him on the two bucks podcast or either podcast for that matter but i'll hit, I'll hit him up for you yeah oh i've got uh, his phone number we've texted before we just have opposite yeah. calendars <laughs> yeah the, the the cosmic brownie that's like his i don't even know how it started years ago at one of the expos or something like that he became you know I don't know how eat a cosmic brownie so the the stars align and you find sheds type of thing exactly i'm sure that's what he's thinking in his head so yeah that's like his his thing so we he's he's one of the like if you go to the pro packs right we we don't take the pro staff thing too seriously around here but he is one that built out a uh it's it's (laughs) we pulled them because a lot of our inventory is low right now so i can't have people buying them and we don't have but when our when our pro packs are up the pro packs are, oh, you know, like him Ben's and pro pack or Eric's ben, pro yeah, pack. Yeah, Shed Crazy's pro pack. It's just five or six guys that I know or like Wes, or trust. Or friends Arthur, yeah. And and we just had them like, hey, what, what, just like you did, we'd have like, what, you know, what did you build out? And we'd go set preset. So, cause some people, some people like me are very like, I would never trust like you guys in your group meals, it, at least on a backcountry hunt, right? A truck oh, yeah. hunt, a truck hunt, completely different because you know, whatever, right? Like, Oh, I don't want that tonight, but there's something else right here that I, but like a backcountry hunt, I would never trust anyone to build out, but some people, they literally don't care. Oh, They're yeah. like, just give me, give me calories. Or give they'll me say, I look up to that person. I trust them. I want to do what they do. Like I want yeah. what they have type of thing. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, we, you know, we so- know what everyone's bringing ahead of time. And if there's ever any yeah. issues that like someone, um, you know, for one, my buddy's going to bring curry this year. And I'm like, dude, I've never had curry. Like, what is it? And he's like, <laughs> oh, it's like, uh, like, do you, have you ever had like growing up like mashed potatoes and like a, like yep. hamburger gravy? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I know curry. I know curry real well. Ma- Matsman curry is my favorite. It's one of my favorites. And he's like, okay, you'll like it. I'm like, okay, good. But like, if I would have been know. like, dude, I'm allergic to curry. He would have been like, oh, I'll make something else. Yeah, usually kind of a milky, like I don't know what the sub, what the liquid is that they use with it or whatever. No it's kind of, but it's kind of a milky, but usually it's all candy. everything people bring are pretty. Like most of it's pretty low key. Like I smoked a pork butt and made barbecue sandwiches. One guy did mac and cheese and brats. One guy did spaghetti. One guy did curry. It's it's pretty low key. Like it's. <laughs> It's not crazy, but I agree with you. Like, if it was a backcountry hunt, I'm like, I think I'll bring my own food. (laughs) (laughs) So, but cool. No, man, I appreciate it. The time I'll put, we had you back on the podcast before. So, I obviously have the Instagram, Dustin Whitwer on Instagram, backpack logistics. You'll play around with the tools. We'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes for people to go check it out. You'll have to see when this drops if your website traffic spikes. Maybe not spikes, but bumps for a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, my brother keeps an eye on a lot of that stuff for me. I'll, I'll have him look for it. Cool. I appreciate the time, Dustin. Uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for sharing some of your uh, knowledge and experience about food. And thank you guys for listening. <laughs>